gotta make your mind up. You know, there's a uh, no quit, no quit, no quit in that group. Um, yeah, I think uh, we he, that he he gave me a read like my legs didn't work. So it was, I, was, I haven't had a read like that since since like year two, but it was it was good. He did. He laughed right <laughs> in my face. Well, he uh, he is who he is for a reason. I think we're you know in the right direction. Hello and welcome to Throw It In Rotations, Arizona Cardinals slash Kyler Murray special. Why are we doing a Kyler Murray special as his team currently sits at 2-8, and eight, you might ask, which would be fair enough. Um, and the answer is just that Ash wants to, my co-host Ashley Cadell wants to, and, and so do I. He's a, he's a good boy, he's one of my favourite NFL players to watch. Um, we've just done a couple of relevant episodes Check out our previews for this week's primetime games if you haven't already. Um, but basically, we just wanted a chance to talk about Kyler Murray and, and this, an interesting situation he's in um, right now, coming back from a long layoff, obviously, into a team that, that was 1-8 and eight before his return. Uh, obviously, it been primed to get a high pick and, and paying him so much. Um, you know, questions are going to be asked. What what direction they're going to go in the future? They've got a new GM and head coach this year. Um, but I'll stop rambling. I'll get Ashley Cadell, my co-host, introduced. Ash, how are you doing? Um, and just you know, I think you've already answered it a couple of times on this podcast. But why the Cardinals? If they carry on losing, they definitely will have a decision to make. Why should that decision, like in your mind, why is it already set, and why should it be keep Kyler Murray? Firstly, um, I'm doing great. I mean, now that Carla Murray's back, I've just, just so much more optimism for me mm. uh, in a football sense. So it was a pretty dismal uh, opening to the season. Not a lot uh, of hope of what's going to happen. And I think we were all just sort of waiting for, for Kyla to come back. Um, and yeah, I'm just it's, uh, Sunday was the most I've been hyped for a Cardinals game all season, obviously. And Kyler Murray, the man himself, unduly delivered. Um, you know, again, it just I, I think Kyler Murray is a big talking point across the, across the league, and he has been now for 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 some time. Yeah, we may be two and eight. Yeah, obviously we're talking about him because I'm a Cards fan, and you know, throughout this podcast, we've had a lot of like banner between uh Carla Murray, you and Reese uh, our past co hosts has obviously said a lot about uh, him and be him being injury prone and him not to up to it. Um but in general I think Carla Murray is always quite big in the media. Um um a lot of a lot of people like to shit on him and I think he gets more stick there than he deserves, um which we will obviously get onto a little bit more in, in detail later. Um but yeah, obviously, you will say there's a big decision to be made if we ended up getting that uh, first draft pick. We're expected to have two pretty high draft picks anyway. Um, but for me, and from what I've seen from this organisation, there's no doubt in my mind that Kyler Murray is not the franchise quarterback and he will be here next year. Um, him and Jonathan Gannon have like hit it off straight away. They've both said it like, themselves. Um even when Jonathan Gannon walked in, into the building a while ago, uh, when, when he first came here, um, they were just so hyped. And I think that's exactly what Michael Bidwell, the owner, has wanted 
we're all going in on Kyler. He has given his franchise QB, a, a franchise QB that is so hard to find in the NFL. And there's no doubt in my mind that he is that. We've finally got him. We've gone all in on that. And I think the old regime was not set up for that one bit with Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. Um, it just seemed like we were never truly trying to get the best out of him, which is silly considering all the crazy things that he'd done, especially in his second year. Um, then would be the time to, right, right, let's get serious now. Let's build a very, very good O-line for, for somebody like Kyler. And we just didn't do that. Um, but I think now you can see that we're all on the same page. The whole organization seems to be heading in that right direction. So for me, I don't think we're going to consider a quarterback. And if it comes to it, I think all we'd do is trade down. If we had a pick for a QB, a clear QB, all we'd be doing is trading down. Um, and Kyler proved that straight away on, on Sunday. You know, his first game in, in what, 10 months? Um, hasn't played since week 14, I think, or either week 12 or week 14 against the Saints um, since he tore his ACL and he was the same old Kyler. Um, that's quite a funny clip, actually. Hopefully he'll be able to get that into the drop um, where Jonathan Gannam said to Kyler Murray, let's not expect too much in your first game back. And Kyler just laughed in his face straight away. Um, cause, and Jonathan Gannon said, you know, that's the guy he is. That's that's And that's what makes Kyler Kyler. He's special. He doesn't set himself limitations he's confident in his ability and I think he's finding that balance let's not forget perhaps maybe in the first few years how young he is he's still got the mature as a man and perhaps I think this 10 months off away from it all has sort of helped him mature even more so um, and just the way he's been conducting himself in interviews since his return has really really like final like confirmed to me in my head that he's our guy going forward and you can quite clearly see that the whole organization itself is on the same page right through uh you know from the players to the coach and staff to to the gm um so yeah i, I love everything about kyle i love everything what this organization is doing and where it's heading uh, i just want to lay out the argument for um trading kyler away and drafting caleb williams Probably, um, if you did do that, if you did carry on losing for the rest of the year and got uh, the first overall or second overall or even third overall pick, it'd be uh, an option. So you've got this quarterback that um, had a really good rookie year and then took you to 11-0 and 0, um, and played at a really high level at, at times during the regular season. Uh, but you've not won a playoff game with him. He's had a lengthy, lengthy injury um, and... Before he went off injured, he was not playing well. He was not playing up to his standards. That year, you're a franchise that is paying, uh, that doesn't like spending money and is giving him a massive guaranteed contract. Uh, then you've got a chance potentially to get out of that contract, get a probably pretty nice trade haul for him, and then start again with your new GM and your new head coach with a quarterback who's touted as one of the best to come through uh, over the last however many years. So that's the argument for making it, and I think if they do lose, they they definitely have a decision to make, and you definitely have to. It's your responsibility as a head coach or GM or owner to explore all options fully. But saying that, I do agree with you. I do think Kyler Murray is is the is the answer going forward for for the Arizona Cardinals. I think he's shown that he can win at this level, and any rookie, no matter how many, uh, if Williams now wins back to backs, back to back. Heisman trophies, and no matter how 
much he's done in college, you never know how it's going to go. It's always a big risk with a rookie quarterback, and Arizona knows that uh, themselves. will get Josh Rosen before Kyler came along. So I do think um, I do like Kyler a lot, a lot as I've said you know, on the pitch and and off the pitch as well. So I, I would agree with you and say they do keep Kyler, and that's that's the direction they go next year. What does he need to succeed? What do they need to put around him? What sort of roster building do they need to do? What sort of um, offense do they need to to run around him? How can they play to his strengths? He's already had an elite WR one, obviously in Nuke Hopkins that that was effective. It it was highly productive at times, but it didn't result in anything sort of tangible. So yeah, what do they need to to surround Kyler with in order to succeed? Um, well, first off, I'll just sort of uh, address sort of what you were saying about the again and against Kyler. Um, I think a lot of that to me is the clearly outside noise of you don't for a lot of people don't actually really know what's going on in with within the franchise and it's more just sort of media like hype just sort of stinking it up trying to create a story out of nothing like i can absolutely 100 percent see why a lot of people thought that especially last year i wouldn't necessarily agree with the notion that carla murray was playing bad last year. I think he was still playing quite well. I think in general, it was just Cliff Kingsbury and the offense and, and that in itself, which was struggling. And, and it's no coincidence to me that this, you know, a lot of guys in, in that team have said it, you know, Buddha Baker wanted to get traded uh, and things like that. Um, there's a lot of bad noises coming out of that. And it all sort of somehow got linked to Colin Murray because obviously he's a quarterback. He's, 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 going to get you the news you stick him in your article that's probably going to be trending sort of thing and I think it's largely come with that you you, you look at sort of now if, if there was still question marks coming out from about Kyler Murray and his attitude and stuff under the new organization then I think fair enough you've got a very fair point if it's happened across the board but the 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 change here now with Jonathan Gannon in there is that there's only positives coming about about Kyler Murray only positives that I hear and I think that's building um, a, a success for, for Kyler in the future. Going back to your question in what terms of the offence and what we need to build around him for success, I think the main issue is the offensive line. The offensive line, as I sort of earlier alluded to, has been pretty awful now for quite some time. And perhaps maybe it's not been noticed because Kyler's so evasive in the pocket and you know he would be taking so many way more many sacks if, if he wasn't as mobile as he was. Um but yeah, I think the main issue is that offensive line. Obviously, over the summer we we have tried, we did try to address that. Obviously, going ill in for Paris Johnson again. That's exactly the sort of direction I wanted. I remember saying saying to you at the time, you know, there's we can go about this draft in one or two ways. You know, we can either sort of sacrifice sort of the Kyler Murray build, or we can sort of go all in on him. And I think that's exactly what we did. You know, we traded down. Uh, made some smart moves to acquire some more draft capital. And then we went and got our consensus guard who we wanted. We got our guy in Paris Johnson. And albeit he's not had the shiniest of rookie seasons, I think that's very, very rare for an offensive lineman. It's so hard to be a lineman uh, at this elite level. Obviously, it's a big step up and, and you know, facing the absolute monsters <laughs> across the NFL on, on the defensive line. But um, Paris Johnson had a had a very good game and he's, uh, against the Falcons, and he and he is showing um, what he can actually do. Um, Thirty six pass blocking snaps um, against the Falcons, zero sacks allowed, zero pressures allowed. Again, that's showing his improvement week in week out. 
and I think that's that's the main thing. Uh, Will Hernandez was out um, on Sunday, and he's again a, 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 a good piece on there who has been fairly solid for us. But again, we know I think we know we need to improve that. Um, that's going to massively help. Obviously, James Connor, we know how good he is in the rush, and that's obviously going to massively help when you've got Murray and Connor in tandem. That's when we've been at our best. And and I like the weapons as well. You, you saw how well Trey McBride played against the Falcons. Um, I think it was 131 receiving yards he had. He also made that big catch um, when he actually called for the ball as well. Um, the, there's another quote which you can try and drop in. Carlos saying how his legs just didn't work anymore. So, and um, uh, McBride had, had a read and he just chucked it up to him and McBride made the play. He he felt confident in the man-to-man and, and it worked out. And I think that was the first time that the Cards have had a tight end, have over 100 receiving yards since maybe the 80s or 90s, so it's been a long, long time. Wait, 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 what? Yeah, our first tight end to have over 100 receiving yards in a game since like 80, wow. 1989, I believe. I might be wrong. It's what? around, but it's been a long what? time, though, at least 20 years. That's ridiculous. Yeah, um, and I was hot on Trey McBride when we drafted him. I, I did really like him, and obviously, first year for the tight ends, always fairly slow, but him coming in there, and he's really taking strides, and I think... Kyler coming back in is going to elevate all of our pass catching options. You know, Rondell Moore getting more involved again. You've got Marquise uh, Brown, who we know that Kyler has that relationship with already. Again, I've been a little underwhelmed for Marquise Brown, who you you would consider our WR one. But now that Kyler's back, hopefully we can see that and that coming to fruition, especially with the uh, new offensive coordinator in Drew Petzing. So. There's a lot I like, uh, not forgetting Michael Wilson as well, another option there. There's a lot I like that I like. I think the main thing that we need to improve to really elevate Kyler even further is that offensive line. Um, we get that, which has been neglected now for so many years because Kyle just kept drafting fucking linebackers. Um, yeah, uh, and there's no reason why we can't go on. And it's very, very interesting to, say, uh, to see because um, Kyler Murray did uh, obviously highlight the issue before yes we have won games with under previous coaches Mio, you know, are we necessarily blaming the the coaching organization when they have won games um <clears throat> but then kylo sort of stopped himself from saying which is pretty interesting he was like we did win games but and then he didn't say it and i think what he wanted to say was yeah but that's because we it was that was based on talent that wasn't necessarily based on the quality of the coaching and what was there it was more sort of they had good guys who, like Nuke, who you said, like James Connor, Kyler himself, Buddha Baker, um, JJ Watt last year. Um, you had those guys, which, you know, they're quality players. Now you can see the whole sort of organization aligning, going back to the sort of talking about culture, accountability, all things like that. Those buzzwords that are can, coming out from you guys, like Buddha Baker, um, Jonathan Gann and Kyler Murray and, and that's the main thing what I'd answer as, as well to the critics of Kyler Murray if it was a Kyler Murray issue we wouldn't be hearing these things how much he's loved and it'd sort of be a bit silent I think I don't I will not say anyone would come out directly and say Kyler Murray's the issue I think you'd just hear a little bit more noise about it or it'd be a little bit more silent and not as much sort of hype and praise around Kyler as there is yeah, I don't think necessarily that the chat, like speculation about uh, whether you might trade away and draft a new quarterback is is actually about Kyler and how he's played in the league so far. I think with basically any team um, picking that high up, there'd, there'd be 
questions being asked of him. You like you there's many benefits to having a rookie quarterback, obviously the salary cap hit and and all that sort of thing. And like coaches and GMs are they're gonna say the right thing about Kyler Murray now, no matter really how it's going behind the scenes. And yeah, it does seem like it's going well. But I just think like I just I just I don't think it's necessarily about Kyler. I think that um you know anyone would have that question asked for them in that situation. But I do think you're right with the offensive line. It feels like if you can put if you can give Kyler a bit of time and space, no matter who his receivers are really, he's gonna he's gonna cook in, in some sort of way. Um we mentioned the 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 kind of the stick that Kyler has got, um, and and also how poor the culture was in in Arizona under Steve Kime and, and Cliff Kingsbury. Um, there's also been a stick for Kyler about um, maybe his mentality. My question to you is: is does he have a an elite mentality? We had that thing in his contract about studying hours, and we've seen questions about is he the right sort of guy to lead a team. And obviously you've touched upon it already, but but is is he the personality? Is is he a really forty million a year franchise quarterback, elite mentality guy? Yeah, obviously I, I don't know the guy guy himself or, or anything like that, but from everything that I've seen and 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 heard, I, I like to say yes. Um, as I sort of mentioned earlier, I think those ten months off is going to be pretty huge for anybody. You know, perhaps. I, you know, up to my knowledge, is probably the biggest setback he's ever had uh, in his career. Um, and you know what big injuries like that can do to people mentally, um, physically. Um, you know, it can really, you know, it it can ruin a player's career, especially somebody like Kyler who l- relies so much on his evasiveness and his speed um, to make plays with his with his legs, especially with with a weak O line, and. As, as I had listening to his interview after he's talking about how it's made him more resilient, how it's made him a better person, um, a better player. Um, you know, he said he thinks everything happens for a reason. Like he's not looking at, at the injury as a bad thing and he's not looking at look, looking back at it as in like a terrible thing. He's trying to take, look as positive as he, as he can and learn from it. Um, and I think that's a true reflection, exactly what happened on Sunday. You know, clearly he still it hasn't affected him physically. He can still make those, those plays. You know, if you have not seen that um, that 13-yard gain he made on third and 10, you have to go and watch it because it's unbelievable. Um, it's over on our on our Twitter or X, we're going to call it, give a little plug now for the socials, at Throwing Rotation. I retweeted that the other day. Um, it's unbelievable. Nice. He travelled sixty-eight point nine yards on, on the thirteen-yard scramble that kept the Cardinals game-winning what? drive alive. You know, what? Uh, insane. And it's not the first time he's done it either. You know, let's, let's think about that Raiders two-point attempt. Two-point, yeah, unbelievable. Um, Murray reached top speed of twenty point one seven miles per hour, his fastest speed since week 16, 2021. So clearly, the ACL tear has what not the? damaged That's how weird. quick he is. Sorry, right. that's quite weird that he's reached his, his top speed right then. Um, but also, it doesn't seem that quick of a top speed. What uh, I, I have seen that play, and it was very impressive, and it felt like Pete Kyler Murray straight away. What um, I've only seen a few highlights from that game, though. What what did you see watching it uh, from Kyler? Was was there any nerves throwing the ball, sort of thing? What what couldn't have been all good, sort of thing. He didn't score 30, 40 points. Uh, it wasn't all fluent there. What did you see out of him overall? Well, yeah, obviously zero touchdowns thrown and a pick. 
Um, again, going back to the mentality thing, there was a point where the, the, the whole interception came about and I think McBride sort of, uh, that he was coming across... Um, uh, across the middle, uh, and he and he kept running past uh, two guys covering in the center, and people asked Kyler, uh, the media asked Kyler Murray, you know, whose fault is that? You know, should should I think it was McBride anyway? Should McBride have perhaps stopped his route and stayed in the center because that's clearly what was in Kyler's mind. That's why he threw it there. He wasn't expecting him to carry on, but then Kyler made sure, you know, he was he didn't throw McBride under the bus. You know, he said, no, you know, that's on me. You know, he was like, yeah, perhaps maybe he could have, but we haven't really gone through that yet um, in, in practice sort of thing. And we haven't worked that out on that route. So, you know, he said, that's on me. And again, that's a testament to him taking responsibility, that accountability. And that's exactly what you want. Yeah, it wasn't a perfect game in the air from Carla Murray. And I don't think anybody's ever going to say that Carla Murray is like the best passer ever, like, yeah, he does make a few mistakes here and there, and but you, you consider how young young he is and and how well he how accurate he is with the deep ball and things like that. I think that's only going to improve uh, as he progresses. Um, from what I saw, was I was largely impressed. Obviously, not really working working out with Hollywood Brown, which is a slight concern considering he's supposed to be sort of like WR one. But when you're getting Rondale Moore involved and Trey McBride involved that heavily. It's not too much of a concern, and again, I think if a little bit more better protection, uh, and that would help too. Let's not forget this is Carlos' first game back. He's still proving that he's clutch. You know, doing that in the clutch moment, not buckling under the pressure. You know, he knows that there's all this hype on him. You know, the narrative would have been so much different if he didn't win that game. There would have been question marks. You know, there would have been you know, why no zero, zero touchdowns, one interception, that's not that great. You know, there would have been. The only difference is he has gone on and done that. Um, so, yeah, you know, again, it's not perfect, but I think we've got to be happy uh, with, with what happened in that. Um, there was a few stats as well I saw. Um, I think this was a few week, maybe a week or two ago, so it's not, uh, might not be 100% accurate now, but it's still pretty good quality stuff. He's, Colin Murray's okay. played 57 career games in comparisons. Uh, uh, yeah, he's played 57 career games, maybe a f- probably 58 now. So that's the slight stipulation. More passing touchdowns than Tom Brady, more passing yards than Drew Brees, less interceptions thrown than Ben Roethlisberger, higher pass rating than Dan Marino, more rushing touchdowns than Michael Vick. Wow, I'm kind of a bit shocked at that. Some of them stats... I mean, it's always going to be better when you cherry and pick, cherry yeah, pick different course. players. But that, I mean, that, that sounds pretty insane, pretty ridiculous. He's uh, as a good a boy, and you wouldn't at any point say that he's had a a good team around him. And obviously, the coaching went up in flames at the end of last year. Do you worry, Ashley, that the Arizona Cardinals just have deep seated organizational issues that will mean they can never likely win a Super Bowl? Obviously, we saw them report grades. I think they came out last year uh, that from the players and maybe from the staff about all sorts of things. And the Cardinals were a, were a joke. It was um, it, it was so bad. And it's been well known that the Cardinals' facilities have sucked for a while and, and kind of how the players get treated there, that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, the new people are coming in, but it, you can't attribute all that stuff last year just to... Kaim and Kingsbury there's been going on for a longer time and there's there's some deep-seated stuff there uh so yeah what are you worried what is do they have a seal in this this organization yeah potentially obviously 
we haven't really seen success uh, with the Cardinals now for some time. Um, so you are always going to be worried about that. I think it is, as you, you are quite right in saying, it is very easy to just put it all on Kyme and Kingsbury. Um, you know, Michael Bidwell obviously clearly has to take responsibility for that um, as the owner, um, not providing the right facilities necessarily. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe it's been a wake-up call now. I'm not too sure how, we, how we've progressed in that regard, but there's obviously going to be that worry that maybe, you know, it's like, like in any sport, you get a new sort of coach, you get new management in, you get that that bounce, that boost, that lift, uh, that freshness, and then eventually that you know that papers over the cracks, and eventually the the fundamental issues continue um, to come to fruition and come to light. You know, look at Manchester United um, <coughs> uh, with the Glazers, for example. You know that that's happened time and time again. Um, so there is obviously that worry, but you know, at the moment, all you've got to do is just focus on the new new setup, the new management, and hope that they they can turn it around. Yeah, because ultimately, uh, it's about what happens on the field. Of course, okay, we'll finish this off with a little novelty question. Can you hear me? That's not the question. <laughs> yeah, I can't see you. I cannot oh. see you right now. Okay, okay. Let's continue with this final question. If you could choose three receivers for Kyler Murray to have over the next five years, who would they be? It doesn't have to be like a WR1, 2 or 3, just any three receivers it's tough. to line up together. Tough question. Tough. Well, you mean sort of like fantasy sort of thing, like not that realistic, just who I'd yeah, want, basically. Yeah, like a big old hypothetical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you, can cherry, you can pick any three receivers from the league. Okay, well, I'm actually, I'm actually going to keep um, Hollywood Brown in there just because you know we'll keep Kyler happy. Whoa. We'll keep Kyler happy. You okay. know they like each other, so we'll keep Kyler happy. Um, I think Kyler be happier with like Tyreek Hill or something, but okay. Yeah, they they like each other. They're friends, you know. Like, okay, <laughs> he wants his little mate there. He can be WR three. That's cool. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, gotta be Tyreek Hill. Unambitious. Yeah. Gobby Tyreek Hill, cheater, just quick. He's just insane. Imagine Kyler Murray throwing deep balls to him. Like, oh my goodness, don't mm. even money. Um, and then, and then someone who I, oh, who do I want next? This is a, it is a difficult question. You're basically just asking me who my top three favorite wide receivers are at the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but you kind of you can build the room and sort of like make them complement each other and stuff. But again, you're on the spot. So. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Anyone, that's why we've got Marquise Brown in there still. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, final one we'll go for. <sighs> You know what? Let's bring back Nuke. Let's bring back Nuke. Wow! Bring okay. the boys back together. Yeah, you, need that. you want a big, big boundary guy to go next to Tyreek? Oh, I was thinking maybe AJ Brown, who's obviously the best this year and and does that big role so well. But um, Kyler's got that chemistry. You're, you're more on about the the, the chemistry there. Aren't yeah, you? chemistry um, filtered in with a bit of extra quality and class with Cheetah. Um, yeah, that's what I'd like to see. And plus, I didn't really want to go for the obvious ones like. Chase or Jefferson yeah. or anything. Yeah. Fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's finish off this episode, the final of three that we've recorded tonight with our favourite spread of the week 11 slate. Actually, first, I want to ask you... Okay. I want to ask you, what do you think... What, what you want to happen or what you think should happen, but what you think will actually happen, whether Carla Murray will be 
the franchise QB and how many and whether how how far we can go now under this new regime. Obviously, not this season. More thinking next season. I know it's quite sort of ambiguous, quite sort of benign with what I'm asking. But I, you know, I want to hear sort of your general sort of opinion on the future and outlook for the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, the like obviously with how irrelevant you've been this year, like I've not really spent any time watching you uh, myself <laughs> or whatever. Jonathan Gannon looks like um, he looks like he looks positive. I don't know what he's like with the X's and O's, but from what I can tell and from what you've been been talking about him, he seems like a positive influence. Um, and do, do you know, do you know, just a bit of a to go off tangent, uh, off tangent, off tangent. Yeah, that's that's off it. on a tangent. Yeah, 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 yeah. To go off, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> watch the, the Amazon documentary on. Um, I think it was Amazon on the um, who's a quarterback that came into the league for the got drafted by the Browns and uh, he sucked. He was so bad. When uh, man, no, man, nah, quite, quite Johnny Manziel. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Manziel. Um, the Amazon documentary on Johnny Manziel. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was his coach in um in college uh, and obviously he was a party guy and loved going out and stuff and some sort of like wasn't a great teammate at times and, and stuff like that his head wasn't in football and, and they had cliff for the documentary um and he was just so blase like he was a really bad coach from what i could see um from that documentary like kind of just cliff because johnny manzel played so well yeah yeah cliff he just like let it happen and let him do whatever he want and like he wouldn't drop him from the team if he like mispracticed or he literally he turned up hungover one of the Sundays or whatever. Like Cliff was talking about it like he could tell that he'd been drinking or whatever, but he's, he just told him you better play well. And I, I think it was quite, um, I don't know, maybe I think that shows issues with Kingsbury as a head coach and 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 just a, a football coach and teacher in general. Like that is not what was best for Johnny Manziel and and it was. He should have known that that was what was coming for Johnny Manziel in the future if he didn't start, hmm. uh, didn't start bucking his ideas up and watching tape and all that stuff. He kind of just let him do it because he was playing so well, and and he sort of he played a role in um in Manziel's downfall. I think if you'd have left left him out for a couple of the Sundays, we're like, no, you can't play if you're going to behave like this. Maybe then his behavior changed. Maybe it doesn't, and it's not all on Kingsbury, but it just kind of it, it it kind of shocked me but that that guy had ended up with a with a head coaching job in the NFL maybe that partly explains how it ended up so poorly but no, yeah to, uh, actually sorry well, no I'm on. actually so glad that you mentioned that because I've been meaning to sort of find the right time to mention this but um again like Kyler said a very very interesting thing and he was like he was sort of laughing when he said it in his interview he's like you don't want to come over to the sideline mid-game and and the guys on on the co- on the sidelines losing his shit. Do you remember in that game when um that sort of got clipped when Kyler was saying to Cliff like calm the yeah. fuck down, like yeah, that's yeah, again yeah. it just it goes perfectly to the sort of mentality of what Kling- Kingsbury was, um and like clearly he just isn't a very good coach. Nah, it doesn't seem very mature. Like he was quite great for the documentary because he was kind of like you could. He kind of liked what Manziel was doing, and he was kind of accepting it. And like he had some good one-liners, did Kingsbury on the documentary, and it was sort of like it felt like the eighties or something. Wait, but maybe it was Cliff. Clearly, maybe it was Cliff leaking all this bullshit about Kyler the whole time. They'd like try and use Kyler as a scapegoat for his shitty fucking offense. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, who knows at this point? I think there's big issues with Kingsbury. I'd be surprised to see him get another job at this level. I don't think he should. But, yeah, to answer your original question, um, I don't... I think... I think the Cardinals... I like you plus four this weekend. Even, even away to the Texans, whose offense is looking so good. But, basically, I think you're going to pick up another... Uh, another few wins before the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised. Your schedule's not too tough, uh, so I don't think it's gonna. Don't think that question's gonna be there about drafting somewhere else. And you've got an extra first round pick, haven't you? Yeah, that could be quite high. Yeah, um, where did we get it from? We've got Panthers. we've got one ourselves and the Panthers one. Yeah, yeah, which could be. Oh my god, yeah. So just use that. Use those resources to build around Kyler. And um, is it Panthers? I don't know. I get, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it would have been because they. I oh know because they moved up to one overall. We do. Uh, I know it's supposed so it to be a, a high pick they, anyway. The Bears. Right. The Bears have got Panthers, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yours, yours will be quick, but um, high. I mean, but uh, I, I, it's tough to say about the, about this GM and and head coach with no track record. You have a, many holes in this roster to fill. But what I will say is. I've been impressed with this year, and you must have been impressed, you know, to a certain degree, coming into the year without your QB1, with Josh Dobbs, who is actually looking like a pretty good quarterback now, to be fair. Um, but I feel like you played every game every game really hard, apart from that that maybe final one against the Browns. With Clayton um, That was Clayton Tune, wasn't there, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I was impressed by the the spirit and the competitive nature and, you know, that win against the Cowboys is massive. So that's really impressive. Um, and that speaks to some of the things we've been talking about that are important going forward, like building that culture and, and the winning mentality and, and that sort of thing. So to be able to sort of put those performances in without, without Kyla and then for, to insert Kyla into the offense and win um, first, first week back, I think that's really impressive. And I think that bodes really well. For the future, you've got the resources at the top of the draft, as we said now, to, to kick on from here. So, um, yeah, there's, there's no excuses. I still think with, with the lack of talent, you're still a couple of years away, obviously. But you never know with a, a good free agency and a good rookie class, you could be competing in that NFC yeah, again. Yeah, things, things change so quickly long. in the NFL. And... They really do. They really... You were 11-0 and 0, like very, very recently and, and the top of the talk of everyone's tongue. Yeah, exactly. And... Yeah, you're quite right in saying, like, Kyler even said himself, like, our record is way worse than it actually is. We have played hard. We've been unlucky in games that we have lost. Like, it's been very, very close. And I think, naturally, Kyler automatically adds another minimum four or five wins to the record. Um, Like, he would have won, probably he would have turned the game around in those games himself. Um. So yeah, big big things happening um, out in the desert. I think I'm pretty happy where this organization's going. Um, that the stink seems to be leaving. Yeah, because this this off season with or oh, this season with a new new regime, quarterback out for half a year, like could go really depressing, and and the vibes could be terrible, and you're just already waiting for the for the draft and for next year to begin. But I don't think. Don't feel like well, you you definitely that that's not how you're feeling. And now Kyler's back, and everyone seems to be, you know, positive or whatever. So I think pick up a, two or three wins for the rest of the year, and then, and then that that puts you in good position to to kick on. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Maybe even playoffs. 
maybe well, well next well, year this, well, this year you're saying well, well, oh goodness get out of here <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean you never know the NFC man but yeah you do know you do know um, hey hey we're only three wins off maybe a wildcard team right now yeah the Vikings well wow. yeah wow that's yeah you never know in the NFC you never know but again you do know you do know um I told you, oh, my bold prediction, off, mate. Carla Murray will come back and no, lead us no, to the no, playoffs. No. It's going to come true. It's, it's happening with the Jets. It's going to happen with <laughs> the Cards. Right, let's get to bed. Let's finish this off with uh, with our favourite spread of the weekend. There's a few I quite like. There's a few. I don't like any really? this week. I, thought, I think I like the games as a, as a neutral sort of thing, but I find them hard to choose any. I spread. like the Lions. Uh, minus nine and a half. Uh, Bears visiting. We know how good that Lions offense is. The Bears, obviously, uh, who is it they they brought in on the deadline? That um, edge rusher, I forgot his name. Is it Montez Sweat from the Commanders? Wasn't it? Um. Oh, the Bears. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah he he made a big impact to the, to their D line, but I think just uh, the Lions offense is so good. Bears visiting. I think minus nine and a half. They're covering that. Okay. Is um. Is Justin Fields going to be back? Well, he was he was sort of questionable then, but even if Fields is back, I'd still back it, to be honest. I'm just thinking about how yeah, good that yeah. Lions offense is. You know, they scored 41 points against the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've not really seen much about Kyler Murray, uh, about Justin Fields returning. Um, so if, if that's Paige in the air, I'm definitely taking... Ten points there, although I, t- I tend to stay away from the favourites on the on the double digit spreads. But um, is this too cheap? Like, I like the cards plus four, but that feels a bit too easy right now. Um, CJ Stroud can't keep doing it week after week, surely. Um, and and that four points is a lot with Kyler. But I'm going to go with the Seahawks minus one mm. at the Rams. I think the Seahawks this year are a considerably better team. Then the LA Rams, they're definitely more complete, and I and I expect them to recover from a couple of weeks where they've been very up and down, uh, a lot of mistakes the Seahawks. But I expect them to go into LA and, and show they're the better team. So I'm happy to, to give away the the point there. Yeah, I agree. I agree, especially if Carson Wentz ends up playing for the Rams. Yeah, nobody wants to be seeing that <laughs> unless you back the Seahawks. I also quite like. Um... I like, where is it? The Jags, minus six and a half. Uh, I know they got absolutely bad against the 49ers, but the Titans aren't anything special. Um, Titans visiting the Jags, so I th- I can see the Jags bouncing back and winning by a touchdown. Yeah, no, the Titans are terrible on the road. They've got a, an awful losing streak right now. They just um, they just played my team, the Bucks, and um, our defense, which had just given up uh, however many, 37 points to CJ Stroud and the Texans the week before then restricted them to six or something. So, yeah, the Titans on the road definitely opposed them. And I, I like the Jaguars for a, a comeback victory by a tuddy. Any Anything else you like or shall we wrap it up there? Uh, let's wrap it up there, I believe. All right, well, thank you very much for listening to this Kyler Murray episode. Congratulations, well done, and thanks if you've got all the way to the end of it. We've done two previews tonight, and this has been by far the longest episode. So uh, you can tell how we're passionate about 
old K1. Hope you've enjoyed it anyway, and, and we'll see you again very soon. See ya.